Hi everyone, welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. I've got no stupid pun this week, and I bet you're all pretty happy about that. Uh, joining me this week is um, the the prophesied person. I was going to say something else, but my brain's like, Josh, that's not the right. <laughs> Messiah is not the right word. Um, oh God! The prophes the promised one from last week. <laughs> my friend, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> what an introduction. Just because I have long hair, no messiah here. Long hair, uh, beard. You, you've got to love this smile. <laughs> um, hello, everybody. I'm KP, um, also known as KP11 Studios on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, pretty much all your typical social media platforms. Uh, I am primarily a cosplay photographer, but I kind of seem to have branched out further from that recently. <laughs> Um, I also, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm a, I guess I would just cl uh, clarify myself as more of just a creative because I have my fingers in cosplay photography started as a, I mean, I'm kind of a baby photographer. I mean, a baby cosplayer, a baby voice actor, baby, uh, TTRPG player, baby streamer. So pretty much just a baby. That's what I am. I'm a baby. Um, but you're, yeah, that's your that's, creative uh, polymath. Uh, I I'm a creative. I guess yeah, sure. If you want to call me take that, it, oh, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, still, you know, still early on. So hopefully, we'll see where things go, where where things end up. But I'm I'm really excited, and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Right. Thank you for being on. I've 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 followed your Twitter thing for quite some time. Um, and it's, it's generally a lovely stream of good, positive energy. And when it's angry, it's angry at the right stuff. I would say <laughs> like anger is a valid response, especially this year, but as long as you're angry at the right stuff. Right. And I, I think personally, I feel like, you know, emotions are there for a reason. It makes us human. It's how we direct it that matters and for what we're using it for is what matters. And so that's what I try to live by. I know, I mean, I, I'm obviously, if you, if anybody meets me in real life, honestly speaking, I'm generally, as you've hopefully seen, I'm, I'm the very much a happy, go lucky, smiley, always trying to laugh and, you know, joke around with friends type. Um, the only time that my more guess righteous aggression comes out is when I feel that someone that I care for or some a group of people that I care for or just anybody that I feel who who's being put down basically I don't like bullies I don't like people bullying other people I, I've experienced that a lot of my life I, I'm done with it um, and I don't like seeing other people going through that mm, so especially the people who have you know a smaller voice in the community, a smaller voice in this world. Um, so that that's how I approach. And I apologize if you, if anybody hears this screaming. I'm a, you know, COVID situation. Quarantine means inside with a bunch of other my family and friends. So if occasionally you hear little children screaming, that's what that is. Awesome. And and I'm I've got two children of my own. They're not here now, but I I do have them. They they're great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I agree. I mean, emotions are a large part of what make us human. Um, it's kind of like right up there with human interaction, which is, mm -hmm. as someone who very seriously came back to the whole TTRPG thing a couple of years ago and has made more good friends than I made, uh, like, you know, to kind of get back on the Jesus thing there, um, there is a very popular joke that Jesus' real miracle was being a man in his mid-30s, who made 12 good friends. <laughs> to which I guess the follow-up joke uh, is, well, 11 good friends. Um, <laughs> well, you always need one to kind of bring you down and put you in your place, right? You always need... Look, there's always one jerk in any decent group of friends. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, moving away from that, because I don't have a dignified exit. Um, now, you, <laughs> you're in the TTRPG community. Um, you are in a stream. Um, it's it's not yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, which is great. Um, t tell me yeah. about that. I I know a little bit about it because we had a pre-chat, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so every Saturday, I'm a part of a bubblegum shoe campaign. 
uh, called Waverly 98. It happens every Saturday at 5 p.m. PST or 8 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Make Believe channel. Uh, and I, I, I adore that game so much. We have so, so much fun. Um, and what I also love about it is it's a very diverse group, either in terms of uh, Vimpoc or in terms of the LGBTQ community. Um, I just, and, and the people that we have on there. So we have uh, Sarah Swords, uh, Sailor Scout, I, I always blank his full name, but his, his name is Austin. He's a Sailor Scout. Uh, sorry, Austin. Uh, I, I find out, I'll figure it out. Uh, and then we have, you know, Wasa. Just, just everybody's just so, so amazing. Atomic Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, we just have so much fun. And essentially the game is like the way I was describing it to you is that it's a Stranger Things, but set in the 90s. So it has a lot of that 90s nostalgia instead of the 80s nostalgia. Um, so I really live for that. I'm very much a 90s kid, so it helps me relive those memories. Um, I, I think what also I enjoy the most is just living vicariously through my characters a lot of the times because I intentionally choose to set up my characters as a POC, uh, most of the time specifically Indian or someone brown. Um, and I kind of project the experiences I've had. And, you know, it could be small amounts or, you know, pretty much my entire being could be that person. But some part of me is a part of that character. And I try to explore a lot of the experiences, a lot of the feelings that I've been through, through that character in hopes to kind of just, you know, either resolve it or view it in a different angle or kind of put it in a situation that it's a bit more controlled for myself than what I might have experienced it in real life. Um, and for example, the one for Waverly, uh, my character name is Arwind. And he's pretty much almost 90% me. Uh, he, he's a, uh, a young aspiring photographer slash journalist. He just recently moved into the town from India about three, four years ago. Um, so, you know, he, his entire family is an immigrant family. And it's just that, that experience that he's kind of going through being new sort of and being amongst friends that I wanted to project through him. But along the way, what was really amazing was, you know, opposite of my experiences, what I've been through, the group of people in this game really welcomed that character and immediately, and it was, the, the great thing about it is that it never felt artificial how we came together. It was a very, very natural progression and, you know, figuring out which characters really gelled with which character. I mean, we're all friends, but you, you know, you still have that one friend or two friends within your group that is that extra special someone. Um, and so having that experience and not going through the more of the traumatic aspects of my life kind of felt like I was reliving my past through this character and kind of resetting, kind of almost like resetting my timeline a bit, if you get my meaning. No. So it felt very therapeutic for me. Uh, which I really, really enjoy. He, here's um, the boy I always wanted to be. Exactly. Here's that childhood experience that I, that I really wanted, especially as an immigrant kid. Because you have to understand, uh, and I'm not sure about how it is now, but back then, even back then, America was this, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Holy Grail. Of places to be, you know, if you lived in America, if you went to America, it doesn't matter what happened after you make it there. It's you went it there, you made it. You know what I mean? Uh, that was the life. You did it. You kind of went where everybody wanted to be. And so that starstruck-eyed kid with all those expectations uh, coming into this new place, and that was that exp experience that I wanted, and that's what I'm getting through this character, and I really, really enjoyed that's that. That's cool. That's really lovely. Um, now, you yeah. mentioned Bubblegum Shoe. For people like me that aren't, you know, that don't know enough, um, what, what is mm -hmm. Bubblegum Shoe? Uh, so it is a another system. Um, don't ask me which company. I, I, I'm terrible at remembering names and terrible at remembering That's all these things. That's why we things. have Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is a, a different system. You know, most people know systems like D&D &D or Pathfinder and so on and so forth forth but uh, bubblegum shoes a a six uh, a d6 based system i believe 
And basically you roll a bunch of D6s and based on the number of successes that you've had, that's how many, and then your DM decides. So I believe, I believe for, don't, I need to correct myself the way it's supposed to work. And this, this kind of also uh, lends to how we play this game because uh, the reason I'm struggling to explain the system is because we don't tend to roll as much as we should be in the game. And I, we were talking about this earlier uh, before the show started, but we ended up, most of the time, it's a very narrative-based experience. And we are more, I guess, a, a pod, live-action podcast-style show, like a narrative podcast, than an actual like game game. I mean, occasionally we do play, and whenever we do, we celebrate. We're like, hey, we're, we're, we're actually rolling We're dice. doing the thing. Look. We're actually doing what we're supposed to be doing in this game, or what it's the if way it's having, set up to do. If you're having fun and making good memories, then you're doing what you're supposed exactly. to be doing. Exactly, exactly. And I, and uh, like I was explaining beforehand, I enjoy the narrative experience immensely. That's what I strive for in my games. I'm not too particular about you know game mechanics and uh, rolling dice and the numbers and how much damage did I do? How strong is my character? Did I level up? I mean. Yeah, there's a part of me, obviously, that if I play a game where part of the system is to level up your character and see them grow more powerful, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's cool, my guy's more powerful. But rather than that, I focus more on like, what is the story that is being that is being uh, told, and how am I interacting with that story? How is my character interacting with it? How are they influencing it or getting affected by it? That is what I enjoy the most of any game. Um, and it's what really drew me into the TTRPG community in the first place, because all my life I've been much more of the creative type. I really enjoy that creative aspect, but growing up in an immigrant family and an Indian family, it, you know, the primary focus was to kind of settle down, you know, get, get to that position monetarily in life where you're not too worried and the few pathways that led to that, or at least we believed led to that, uh, was either going in the medical field and being a doctor or being an engineer, your typical immigrant dream. I, I was going to say doctor, and I was going to say doctor, lawyer, or accountant. <laughs> Funny enough, not a lot of times, uh, I don't think lawyers come up as much as just the engineer and the doctor for us. And so, you know, I, but I've always wanted to be more in that creative side. I wanted to be in theater. I wanted to be in music. I wanted to be in arts. I really enjoyed those aspects. And the glimpses of those that I did have throughout my life, you know, those are the moments that I truly enjoyed. And then so now being more in that and more involved in that at this age really kind of feeds that younger kid in me that I still carry around. Um, so that, that's what really, really drew me into the TTRPG community is being able to interact with people and kind of play out and act out uh, and be more creative about things that I like. And it kind of also pushed me, why, pushed me in the photography direction as well because I started much later. Um, I had no intention of doing photography, to be honest. I took two semesters of it when I was in high school, and that was because I needed an elective of some sort. I didn't even do that well. I was, uh, don't, don't, you know, I'm not encouraging this. Do not do this. I'm a terrible example, but because I was so focused on doing my more academic achievements or academic courses, uh, which I wasn't doing well anyways, because I was becoming a lazy piece of shit. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, these classes, I don't need to put as much effort into. And I, yeah, at the age of, mind you, this is at the age of 15, I decided to plagiarize and take the easy route to get credit for my work. Uh, and so that I didn't fail those courses, which, you know, karma is a real thing in this case because that bit me in the ass pretty quickly. My teacher found out after a few assignments that I was doing this because I ended up submitting without knowing a more famous piece uh, that he knew was not mine. <laughs> Uh, which was bad. Um, so that pushed me off from doing photography. And then what happened was I was in the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, darn kids. Don't do that, though. Please, We've all please. Done yeah. Silly things. It's okay. Yeah. No, I know, I know. The statute but, of limitations um, for feeling guilt on that one's over. Uh, 
I mean, I, honestly, I, I'm kind of glad I did because it was the catalyst later on because what happened was I joined the Navy and I was still within my first year of training. And I saw a friend show me a photo that he took recently. He just recently bought a camera and he took this black and white photo. And I was, we were all stationed in South Carolina, Charleston at the time. And he was downtown, took a picture there. And something about that photo just really spoke to me. I don't know what it is. I, first off, I love black and white photos. I feel they, they, are, they have a lot of character and kind of t lend to storytelling really easily. There's, there's a beautiful depth to them as well. Mm, exactly. I think part of it is because you kind of fill in the color with your mind yourself. So you kind of really focus on the picture more. You kind of really think about the picture and think about the situation, think about what might actually have been happening and how the colors of that shirt must have been and the color of the sky and so on and so forth. I feel like it really involves the user a lot more uh, mentally anyways. I, I think in some um, ways for me, um, I've got a digital SLR around here somewhere that I used to mm -hmm. take a lot of pictures with. I think it's because like, because you're not distracted by the color, you can really mm -hmm. focus on details and light composition. Yes, yes. That's true. We, 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 each see so, our, we each see beauty in our own ways and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I when I saw that, I really, really wanted to feel that again. Uh, so I was like, can I achieve something like that? I, I want to do something like that. And I remember I went immediately to the store and I bought my first DSLR. Uh, and I had a trip that I needed to go to. I had to go to North Carolina to meet my best friend. And I took that camera and he was my first test subject. He was the first one I took a bunch of pictures with. And it, you know that was back, what, 2011? Yeah, 2011 was when I you know got that camera. And I think the one additional trigger after that was because, uh, you know, after about a year after that, I started getting into more artistic photography and portraiture. I came back to my old high school and I wanted to meet my old photography teacher uh, and show him like, look, you know, yeah, I messed up back then, but I learned from my mistakes and now I'm doing all this. You know, I was like, oh, I wanted to hear him say, oh, I'm proud of you. Good job. And now uh, that asshole basically told me uh, he wasn't there. And so I met an, another teacher who called that teacher, the photography teacher on his phone, because it turns out they're close friends. And to that teacher, he goes, well, I hope he's not cheating in the Navy because that would be even worse. And I'm just like, Ooh. you motherfucker. That person's I'm made the decision. <laughs> yeah, he made an opinion of me and he was sticking to it regardless of what, what changed. Yeah. So that's what I was just like, I think, and this really... <laughs> And if anybody who knows me on Twitter or at least really follows me knows that the real work that I do happens when I do it out of spite. I do it when I'm, I'm trying to like prove someone wrong or basically, you know, uh, like embarrass the shit out of them by going, yeah. I will fucking do this just to prove you wrong, just to see, make I... you see, feel small about yourself. I, I say there's an excellent podcast called Lions Led by Donkeys. It's a military history podcast. <laughs> and they've come down on the side that the, one of the most powerful forces in history is screw that guy. Yep. You know, um, yep. as someone who's in the Navy, you'd know that, like, look, so much military history, when you look at, say, you know, groups of people getting together or, you know, coming together to push off an invader or something it's like look you and me hate each other but we hate that guy so much more <laughs> so screw that guy um, uh, that's pretty true yeah. We, yeah which which is look spite's great spite spite gives you spite gives you enthusiasm and energy and there is nothing wrong with that no oh, yeah no oh, yeah and you know that that's I guess I didn't realize that until much later. I think honestly, maybe most recently I realized that spite is what drives me at the majority of the time to do things. Uh, which honestly, and hopefully this is a great segue for you. Uh, that's how I started my my uh, game. My that is an Hindu excellent segue. Based, yeah, Hindu-based TTRPG game. Yes, so. um, do tell now when I saw your tweet about this that you wanted to make a ttrpg game um if i recall correctly and please do if, if i'm not right please let me know because i do i need to sure, sure, sure. um it was very much a case of you wanted a ttrpg game that spoke from the 
Hindu perspective, is is it Hindu? Am I right? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but there's a very, very, it, it's, it's a culture that we don't get to experience very much. Mm-hmm. And so when I read yeah. about your descriptions of some of these things and the way you were speaking about it, I thought, okay, I want this to happen because I need to play that. <laughs> I I need I need that in my life. Like I didn't know that I needed that. And the and the closest thing I can kind of find is and I may be kind of calling my wife out slightly. Um my, my wife is from Siberia. She grew up a little bit in the Soviet Union. Um, mm. before she came to Australia, she'd never had Indian food. Um, mm. yes, that is possible. If you live in Siberia, you never, oh, no, I've meet. plenty of people. I've seen plenty of people. Yeah. You, you never get to, here's the thing. I'm from Sydney. If someone tells me they've never had Indian, I'm like, right. Okay, cool. Next thing. Like, dude, we're going now. <laughs> but Josh, you just had lunch. I know, but I could go another one. Trust me. I'll make room. Um, and, and so, like, for her, Indian food was this very, very strange foreign thing. Mm-hmm. And then as she had some, she's like, this is some of the best food in the world. Why did you not bring me to these restaurants before, Josh? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt quite guilty. But it's definitely one of those things where it's like, look, once you once you realize that thing might one day exist, you realize mm-hmm. it's something you've always wanted. And you need it now. So, um, please, KP, um, tell us all about how you're going to make this thing definitely happen. I'm kidding. Don't, don't, don't. I'm, I'm, I'm being a poo. Very no sorry. pressure at all. No, 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 none at all. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, it was multiple things, multiple reasons. So what happened was... This entire conversation that recently had started this year, I think, or maybe has been going on, but I've been more aware of it because I've become more involved in the TTRPG community about being more inclusive and more diverse in the space. Because as I've been interacting with a lot more uh, creative people, I realized that a a lot of us tend to draw our inspiration from the same source, which tends to be this Western fantasy or Western philosophies. Uh, if you will, and, and just Western tropes in general, but no one seems or no one is comfortable going beyond that. Even if you were, you know, of of a different culture, even if you were from, you know, uh, a non-Western culture, you still, because the influence was so strong, you still ended up taking inspiration from those instead. And I, as we were having these conversations about diversity and wanting that difference in voices, I was like, you know, Hinduism is a great voice with, you know, it has such a unique flavor. It's old, it is rich, it has, it's, it has so much depth to it that if you took the time, you can really create something great from this. Uh, and I've been wanting to have that happen for a long time. But mind you, like I said, from the very beginning, I, my background is photography. That is my only claim to creative fame. So anything I've done beyond that is either been just a personal hobby for myself that I've just done on the side, or I don't have any skills in doing. So I never put that thought that I would be the one to start it or start what I wanted, right? And so I think what happened that day was I just, all I did was I put out a tweet going, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have any Indian or a Hindu-based TTRPG based off this concept? Uh, I, I use the Mahabharata, specifically the five main characters from that epic. And if anybody's familiar, uh, Mahabharata is one of the major, major, excuse me, uh, major epics of uh, Hinduism, of, of Indian culture that pretty much almost any Indian that you talk to would have read it or have had it read to you. It's like a bedtime story for us. Like if you you guys might have, or the Western culture might have Robin Cru- Robinson Crusoe or other you know storybooks when you were young, but no, this was our adventure. This was the one, this one in Ramayana. These were the ones that our parents would teach, like sit down and give it to us before we went to sleep. And so I used those five characters. I was like, you know, they're so distinct with certain characteristics 
that easily could be transferred into a TTRPG setting as a class of itself. So all I said was, all I did was throw out a tweet saying, it'd be, wouldn't it be cool to have this? And then the response was really unexpected. Like I was not thinking that every anybody would bother yeah, to care, at least not to that extent. Yeah, KP, this would be really cool. You, yeah. you busy? You doing anything, dude? Yeah. <laughs> no? So I was just like, yeah, exactly. So I was just was like, uh, well, okay. I mean, if I even were to do this, I don't have, I don't even know where to start. So I was, I was just thinking, okay, this is just a throwaway tweet. This is just me wishful thinking. Yeah. And then we all had that, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then the, that, that thing that really triggered that driving force was that one person who came on. Because I, I told myself that if I were to, and I added this as a tweet, I said, if I were to make something like this, I, I would definitely make it that, make it so that it's as inclusive as possible. And I wanted as many people as, as I could to enjoy this. Um, and still, you know, because the, the entire purpose is to want to bring people in and learn and figure out and be more just, not more than just learn, but exposed because I know that I can't teach people about Hinduism. I'm not a teacher. I'm not an expert in my own culture. I am very much Americanized. And whatever I've gotten is a percentage of my parents, what they've given me, right? So I am, all I can be is the gatekeeper that opened the gate for other people to walk through. And, and I I, but in some I, ways, though, like if you've got like um, you, you say like you've been Americanized. Um, I'm not arguing that. I'm saying in some ways, though, that's not a terrible thing. No, no, no. I'm not denying that, that. Yeah, yeah. You've got that wonderful bridging thing where it's like, look, I understand how these people think and I understand where I come from. And so I understand mm -hmm. how these two will connect. So in some ways, like it's kind of better to get a, like the, the, the more introductory version of things like this. Like for me, yeah. you know, be, being, you know, white Australian and whatnot. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have a better understanding of like, you know, where my ancestors came from, you know, in the, the, the one that we kind of go on and the one I go on and on most about is the, the Irish. And I've read some of these Irish folk tales and it's some weird stuff. <laughs> it, it's, and, and, and so I think, you know, I really kind of wish there was like a cooler, better version of this. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say, yeah, like that's actually, that actually gives you a really cool position. So I, 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 I apologize that I'm fanboying over here, but I really want to see what you're going to make. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, no worries. I appreciate that. I really do, honestly. That I think now that aspect is what is really fueling me. I mean, initially it was the trigger was definitely out of spite because, like I said, as I posted then, I was talking about wanting to be inclusive and have a lot, of, you know, a lot of these people. Someone initially posted saying how they were excited about playing this. But then when they read that aspect about me wanting to use sensitivity readers, me wanting to have the right, uh, you know, uh, right group of people to look at this and ensure that what I'm creating is good for other people and not traumatizing to play. They were like, oh, you know, don't, don't play, you know, identity politics. I was just like, how is this political? How is being inclusive political? Like, why should that be political? Um, and that was, and then they showed their, you know, racist ass, whole, you know, full bear to everybody. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this surely because you said that. Purely because you did that. I'm going to do I'm this the right gonna... way because screw you. Ex exactly. A hundred percent. So, yeah. I so that, that's what ended up happening. I, I think this so. is the best way of doing this, and it's it's definitely something I can I, I, I see a lot of value in doing it that way as well, because it's like, no. <laughs> if someone's gonna show their ass in a terrible way, then mm -hmm. their pants are down and they're in front of you. It's it's time to give smack. <laughs> yeah, yep. with a with a cane or something. And that's not to King Shane, it's just to say, look, I, I believe they deserve some level of hurt. Not oh. harm, just hurt. <laughs> um, now, I, I understand you're working with someone that I know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you. You are working with I, I believe it's Jaron from Action Fiction. That's correct. That's how, uh, how did that come to I'm... be? Uh, honestly, I think after I was doing that post, I had quite a few people who approached me saying, "Hey, this is a very interesting concept. I would love to help out in whatever way I could." And I sat down with a few people, um, you know, one of which we discussed earlier as well, D and D. And I think even though everybody was very lovely, everybody was really, really supportive. Um, when I had that conversation with Jaren, something about it really clicked pretty immediately. Um, he, uh, I, I, I think the biggest concern for me for my work or what I'm trying to create is having that autonomy to be able to create this without any meddling from outside influences, if you get what I mean. Like, no, I mean, no, no, I obviously, the aspects that I'm lacking, I would definitely love input, which is like, say, game mechanics or, you know, um, just overall project timeline and how to approach creating a TTRPG. But when it comes to actual storytelling, when it comes to the content, that was where I was very, very protective and I'm still very protective of. And I knew that if I wanted to create something, I wanted to create it very faithfully um, while still still being approachable to other people. And I do not want to like water it down with Western influences if I didn't have to. I think that's Um, the way to do it. Exactly. And I think talking with Jaron, that's the confidence I got from him, um, especially with uh, action fiction's background with other things that they've worked on. Um, he showed me their project timelines for other projects and the way they approach things, how they try to be very open to, to, to changes and to criticism, um, especially how they wanted to, uh, how they use sensitivity readers at almost every step of the process that they could or they could think of that they you know and, and their testing methods and their test groups to ensure that the product is fun to play before they ever put it out into the public so all of that really came together and i think i think what what we started it has been a very fun relationship um we're still very much in our early phase uh, we're still going through a lot of things together but he's been a very good guide to me on how to kind of especially mechanical mechanics wise how to approach it. Because like I said, I'm very much a narrative-based player and a narrative-based storyteller. And I feel that Hinduism with its dearth of content, not dearth, sorry, that means lack of, right? Girth, dearth? I think I always Podcast. Yeah, well, opposite of that, basically with the there's deep a, amount. There's of- a wonderful, beautiful, deep, rich ocean of beautiful, great stuff, and we should definitely know more about it. Exactly. So with all that, and now I'm blanking where I was going to go with that. That's all right. right. Um, So I I wanted to bring that forward, and he really, uh, I wanted to bring that narrative, there it is, narrative aspect of that, because I feel like that is really going to help people immerse themselves rather than uh, dousing them in in the numbers game, right? Mm. And he understood that. And we worked together to figure out a system that would help give that narrative uh, aspect to the game. I also really wanted to give that choice to the players. I feel that a true narrative happens when they decide how the story goes. With you know, obviously you have your your framework, your guidelines, but when the players get that freedom to really dictate how their characters are going to progress, how the story is going to progress, I think that is that was a very I feel that that's very fundamental in wanting this uh, narrative experience. And so we kept that in mind. We're still keeping that in mind. And uh, he's been very good about that too. He's a good guy. I've, um, I, I've been lucky enough to, um, I, I, I've been lucky enough to, well, A, know him, which is a pretty decent kind mm-hmm. of start, I think. Um, but also like I've, seen the production value that he brings that he and that team mm-hmm. brought to Monsters of Mirka and it's very high production stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I've you know I've I've chatted with Jaron quite a few times. We are buddies, I would say. And I also know that he's one of these people where and and this is potentially a very Australian way of looking at things. 
even when his head's not in the right place, his heart is. Mm. It's like, look, I, I think, yeah, I think that, that, that really, I think what helps is that they know this is what really solidified it for me is because when they mess up, they know that they messed up and they accept that they messed up and they then take that and go, we can do better. We will do better. And we will make the changes that we've been, that has been brought forth to us. Um, I, Cause I, I don't think anybody's perfect. Right. And no one is going to be able to well, do something that one right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I'm, I was recently having a, I was having a longer chat this morning on someone's stream and we actually went into, um, like religion and philosophy and everything. And he's lapsed Catholic and I'm a non-denominational Christian because I think denominations are actually more trouble than what they're worth in the long run, really. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because you get beasts like the prosperity gospel and it's like, ah, oh, guys, I don't think that's what the book's about. Um, I don't even know what that is, so... <laughs> don't, don't. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just know that it's not great. Um, but also, <laughs> it's a reference to The Simpsons. Because I remember um, uh, there's okay. this bit where Homer's reading the Bible. It's like, seems like everyone's a sinner. Oh, except this guy. Which I thought was a pretty funny <laughs> kind of reference. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, J Jaren and the team, they've always struck me as a pretty decent set of people. And I know that mm -hmm. there is a thing that he is working on um, mm -hmm. that is very, very much about the inclusivity angle of everything. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that was, that was kind of how this relationship started. And I'm, I've been very excited to, to be able to work with them. Uh, we haven't really officially, officially started anything yet, but just as just someone to talk with and kind of bounce ideas off of, he's been wonderful. I also know that um a lot of his approach comes down to because I know that the the more recent Merca thing, which is like the retail and and restaurants thing, um I know it's had a lot of like okay, this person wants to take over the photography and graphic design of it. Great, they know more about it than I do. Good, mm -hmm. this is yours. Take it. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a good approach to running a project. I would think so. I mean, obviously, you want the people that are actually skilled at that job the person that's uh, good at that job should do that job controversial exactly. take exactly. <laughs> and i think we were we we're having a similar discussion weren't we about we about yes know, regarding where i yes retain skilled think. people and certain companies not realizing that that's who they should keep instead of uh firing them and uh here we well, are look at the end of the day i know that in about 12 months it's it's going to be problematic and it's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. Mm. It feels mm -hmm. so good. Um, excellent. So you have been really instrumental, I think, in helping a lot of people because, I mean, I, I again, oh like gosh. coming back to your kind of feed, coming back to the things that you want to bring out, um, I, I guess like one of the only other things I want to know in, in this particular context is like when, when you sit down and you read a book, like a, a, a TTRPG, like a rule book or something, how, what makes you decide this game is for me or this game is not for me, or here's the kind of person I think this game is for? Oh, that is, first off, that's a great question. Second of all, I'm not sure if I can give a satisfactory answer simply because I don't really, I've yet to come across a system that I have not enjoyed in some way or another, right? And only recently have I been more so made aware of the issues of certain books. Prior to that, I was enjoying all of them. Um, and I never really, I, I think that's, you know, part of growth, right? You learn something new and then you incorporate that and then that changes your approach on how you would take that in. So maybe now, now that you mention it, I guess my criteria is A, is it inclusive? Does it lend itself to ensuring that everybody feels a part of the game? that it doesn't make anybody feel left out or uncomfortable or put them in a place where they cannot play this game or aspects of this game, which is harder than it looks, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think that's 
the great challenge we all face in a lot of these things. Exactly. Um, the thing, though, is up till now, everything I've played outside of, say, D&D is I've played it with other people who knew the system better. And so they were able to introduce it in a very safe, fun, inclusive way. Therefore, I've not actually had to really open up the original rule books and look through them and really figure out what they're all about. So, for example, my experience so far in TTRPG has been D&D, uh, Call of Cthulhu, Bubblegum Shoe Campaign, uh, Tales of the Loop, uh, and I think, and then that's some a, smaller ones here and there that I've done like one shots with friends that's with. A pretty decent, like catalog of stuff you got going on there, my friend. I mean, th those are all like you have to understand. They're like one or two games in each of those at the most. I guess I, uh, I haven't played a game of Call of Cthulhu yet, and I re I do really, really want to. It's like one of those that I look at and go, "Oh, I'd love to play that," because I've I've listened I, to a lot of um how we mm -hmm. roll and whatnot and it's like oh i'd love to play that that'd be so good it's it's with the right people it is so yeah. fun I, think. I i can imagine it's it's definitely one of those games that really needs like look you've got to have a level of compassion and understanding to play this one mm -hmm. because other, otherwise it's gonna end very badly for someone <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah and i think it's also a lot about knowing the boundaries of, of people right and that's yeah. where safety tools really 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 come into play um, which is one of the things I'm really happy I was able to find out about this year is that there's such, such a thing called safety tools that people use. And that has been very instrumental in ensuring everybody's expectations and understanding where their limits are, what they can, what like they can fudge a little, be like, okay, a little of this is fine. I can handle it. And then, oh God, this is even a little of this. I cannot handle, we cannot yeah. do this. And so that really helps not just the DMs, but the players as well, kind of ensure that the direction the game is going is Good. beneficial for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's what really helped because using those tools, any system that I've played, even if it has a, pro a problematic route, uh, I've not experienced those problematic aspects. Um, for example, like one of the big ones is uh, Gabe James Games. I can't, I can't. It's I know, I stuff it up too. I get it wrong. Uh, but love him to death. He's an amazing creator and his classless based uh, class system that he created for D&D is absolutely brilliant. And it kind of takes I away. A copy. I 100% recommend yeah, Please do. It is amazing. He does an amazing job. Um, kind of, and it really opens up and gets rid of a lot of the negative aspects about classes in, that D&D has, about race that D&D has. Yeah. Um, I, I find it kind of and, weird, like, because, you know, it, it's been one of those things that's kind of, like, been bubbling up, I think, for a long time. Because... You know, if, if if you go to a lot of, um, you know, people who play D&D, it's like you'd never see an orc wizard because why would you have an orc wizard? You know? Yeah. Why why exactly. would you have any of these things? And it's like, well, because an orc wizard would be yeah. fun. It'd be really cool, but people, you know, once again, they base things off of stats and they go, well, st using stats, he's, they're not as good of a wizard not or not. Yeah. They're not optimized, which, you know, once again, goes back to that. And especially the aspect about me finding out about how a lot of these races are coded based on actual racial characteristics. And then you go, oh, that makes it even worse and more sinister. Uh, and it continues to propagate this idea of what a race is capable of. So you having people like Gabe create a system that mitigates that really really is amazing and i hope that you know the the powers above that be listen and actually implement this more officially and you have uh mustang who created the handicap wheelchair the combat wheelchair that thing which looks cool and i have no idea why anyone does not think it's cool i don't know i i have no idea why anybody wouldn't think that she, is, she's that is really she's cool, also but... someone i'd love to get on here as well just to say look how 
how cool is the thing you've made? Like, please, like, <laughs> like if you look, I mean, the other annoying thing is, is like, guys, have you have you read the rules around the like the Artisifer with like the Iron Man armor? Does that sound like? Oh, grow up. People are ridiculous. I don't understand people. And this is that same aspect when it comes down to the game, where, you know, that identity politics that people seem to want to you throw around. You're oddly fixated on. These... Where it's like, but, yeah. but this is the good stuff. Yeah, this, this is, is the good, fun, more enjoyable stuff. It. Yeah. So, so, you know, anyways, that's, that's my entire take on this. That's how I've, I've been trying to approach uh, how I select games. Uh, you know, obviously, ultimately, in the end, it's also the people that run it. I kind of try to do my research and follow them a bit to figure out if they're actually good people that I would want to or can enjoy playing with who are responsible in their games. Because ultimately, yes, they're all games, but I think because how much we play them together and how involved we get in them, mm. a bit of us goes into these games and into these characters. And when you place yourself in a situation that is or at least your character that is unbeneficial or in a situation that's traumatic, you're essentially traumatizing yourself through these games. So to have yeah. a responsible team who understands that aspect and can help navigate through that in a positive way is really, really huge. And I've been lucky to have been part of, you know, like my Waverly team. And then I have another one that's I've been announcing that it's going to start in January, which is a, uh, it's a game with uh, Unmade Games and Little Red Dot and Aras Savad and uh, Nomadic. Uh, cool. All those. Gnome that's is great. Cool. I, I've listened oh, to a lot of what? things that Gnome's done. It's like, mm -hmm. man, Gnome is so cool. And, and Gnome also helped me with a, um, with a thing as well, which was very lovely of him. Yeah, they're, they're all lovely people, and I'm excited because I'll be a part of their team starting in January. Uh, it's I'm not sure if you heard the Coriolis system or Coriolis-based uh, system, but essentially it's Firefly meets Mass Effect meets the, uh, was it, the Thousand Arabian Nights, the Arabian Nights concept. So it's like oh, a, a Middle Eastern. That sounds real good, too. Yeah, so they've already done two seasons. So if you have not listened to it or watched it, I highly, highly recommend it because the production value, first off, is amazing. The storytelling, once again, this is all about that narrative-based storytelling, and that's what really drew them, drew me to this team. Uh, just listening to them, getting to character, and tell the the story amongst themselves. Uh, they've already done two seasons of it, and I'm going to be joining them on season three with my character. So I'm super excited. A little nervous, a little scared still, uh, you know, coming into an established, you know, established show as in the new guy uh, is a little daunting, but they've been wonderful welcoming me in. Like, I, it feels like I, I've I, never... I honestly can't imagine no not being lovely to people. Oh, no, I don't. I mean, I think he's also the same as, you know, similar to me in the sense that until he's triggered, he, he's the most loveliest person, but he has that righteous anger when it's needed. And all of the people on that on that group are, are like that, that if, there, there's, if there's nothing wrong, comes to show, they're there, there to protect. There's nothing wrong with a little uh, Ezekiel 25.17, to quote Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I will strike uh, down with... Uh, I, can't do, I can't do that for many reasons. <laughs> Um, excellent. So we we always have one last question that we ask on this, um, which is um, your self care right now. How's that going? You you taking care of yourself, buddy? How? Oh, uh, overall, I think overall, I'm definitely still in the positive, and that lends more to the people I surround myself with. It's nothing that I've done. It's because of the people who have continued to help uplift me. I mean, my family is super supportive and they're, they've been there through the tough times that we've all been facing. Um, the community that came around, surprisingly around me, have been uplifting. The creatives that I work with or see or interact with or just observe have all been such a positive uh, influence and a positive voice that kind of keeps making me want to strive and be better and you know keep growing and keep staying positive that uh it's been it's been good but you know it's uh been a tough year for a lot of people 
for sure. <laughs> I, I honestly speaking, yes. if more than anything else, I hope that you know others are better off, even more yeah, so than it's, me. It's definitely been a um, a time, and again in our pre-chat, we had a good little um, discussion about you know sometimes you just need a, a bit of an arc, shall we say? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm waiting for that arc. I'm hoping that comes soon because I would love that. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So overall, though, I, I would say I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. That's good. Now, um, if if people want to find where you are and what you do, uh, mm -hmm. where can they find you on Twitter? If you introducing yourself at the start of the show was not enough to make them go, oh, I should follow that guy. He's all right. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Pretty much, my handle is KP Eleven Studios everywhere. Um, so KP, and then it's the number 11, not spelled out, but the actual 1-1, one, one, uh, as some like to pronounce it, instead of just saying KP11. And uh, yeah, I, you can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. I have a Patreon. I have a Kofi. I have, what else do I have? Pretty, pretty much, uh, yeah, those. Um, All the things. All the things. So you can find me there. I'm currently working on my TTRPG game. I'm still doing photography on the side that whoever's interested in, despite the COVID situation, while still being safe. Uh, I do photo editing services, so if anybody's interested in that. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm part of a couple of shows. One primarily that's running is the Saturday Waverly 98 show. So if you're interested, I highly recommend that because we have a blast and it, it's great fun. But yes, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Oh, and I also have my own Discord server. If anybody's interested in joining me there, that's where I try to be a bit more personable and you know give a space for people to have their own, you know, outside of Twitter, have a more safe space to interact with like-minded people. So if you are interested in that, check out my Patreon. You can use that to join. I mean, you can anybody can join, but if you really want to like be a part of the community and get into a lot more of the you know juicy content, that's where you can find it. Awesome. KP, thank you very, very much for your time. You know, thank you so much for having me.